And now, a brand new episode of Script to Screen Spotlight here on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM, made to be heard. Welcome to a brand new episode of Script to Screen Spotlight here on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. Today is Friday the 21st of September and we are excited, so excited it's like, uh, I don't know, it's, it's science fiction. I don't even know if that sentence made sense, but, uh, you know, this is what we're going to be discussing today. We're going to be focusing on our love of sci-fi, including talking about a fantastic uh, uh, sci-fi director. Um, But I can't do this alone, so uh, let's not waste too much time. Any time and sci-fi and back, okay, whatever. Uh, Join me in welcoming the solo to my Chewbacca, which are also two characters from sci-fi fantasy movies, the one and only Hod Solo. Hey, hey, look, I think they get it. (laughs) Yeah, I I think so. I think they understand what we're doing. (laughs) Maybe. Just a little bit. Nah, sci-fi. Sci-fi. Yeah. This is what I love most about these uh, these spotlight episodes is that we get to like we get to talk about a genre. Like we talk about different things. It's it's awesome. And today it's fun because it's it's something we both really enjoy. We love, yeah, so much. It's oh, a, so much. It's a genre we're passionate about. We we love. We there's so many films. There's mm-hmm. so many subtypes of sci-fi. Yep, yep, yep. Wow. And see that the the beauty of it is that is that my love of sci-fi actually is is across all forms of mediums. I've read sci-fi books. I like sci-fi TV shows, sci-fi animation, sci-fi movies. It's it's ever it's it's ever. I'm so sci-fi for a sci. Sci-fi. 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 Oh, man. So, um, uh, speaking of sci-fi, uh, if you could go back in time, what, 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 uh, what time era would you ever go, would you go to? Um, I think as scary as it would be, I would go back to dinosaur uh, times. Oh, nice. So, which re- one? Like the Cretaceous period, the Jurassic period? You're very Ross right now. <laughs> I am. I am so Ross right now. I had probably the Jurassic period. Who am I kidding? It's the only period I know because of the movie. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> no, but, you know, like seeing these big creatures and there, mm-hmm. there's so many questions because the thing is with dinosaurs, it's not very sci-fi. It's very real. They existed and we see them in, in movies. Are they descendants of reptiles, birds? There's yeah. so many questions about that. Very true. And Very true. Hopefully not, not being eaten by a T-Rex would be good. <laughs> hopefully you'll survive the uh, Jurassic period. I, I hope so. I will survive. I will survive. How about you? Um, I okay. So I'm torn between two. Um, I would love to go back to the Renaissance period. Okay. Um, you know, specifically around, uh, you know, because that's where a lot of the uh, poets and a lot of that that very classic. It's a very romantic period, and and I think I would uh, I would do well for myself during that period. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Um, um but I would also love to go back to, uh, you know, the 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 early years of cinema. Yeah, kind of like see how they were discovering all this stuff. Like, what led to parallel editing? What led to you know the 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 close up and and all that stuff? Like, I think just seeing witnessing the birth of the thing that makes us 
uh, create a radio show all about it. You Absolutely. know, like I think I think that would be that would also be fascinating. Um, so yeah, nice. I think I, I think those. I that, could I could see you like writing poetry and and painting and sculpting. I don't know about sculpting or painting, but definitely, you know, using a quill and writing some poetry. Yeah, and probably. And like being best friends with uh, William Shakespeare. Will. Bill. Will. Billy. Billy. Billy Bud. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he'd appreciate me calling him Billy Bud, but yeah. That could be your thing, you know, like your code, your, <laughs> your bro names. The bud to my Billy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> also along the sci-fi lines, um, do you believe in... in, in uh, in, in life, in the outer rims, in, in other galaxies, are, are you a fan of, like, alien theories? Well, I am one, so yeah, definitely. Nice. Uh, yeah. You discover a lot of things on script to screen. Mm, mm, I come in peace, Earthlings. N- nanu, nanu? Nanu, nanu. <laughs> uh, look, I think the universe is too big for us to be alone. I yeah, know, I agree. I, I don't know if it's aliens I believe in, but definitely a kind of life form out there. Okay. Uh, it's, they're, they're possibilities and it's so huge it's humongous and i don't think we'll ever see it in the near future it's going to take millions of years maybe to 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 get to that technology and i'm sure there there's someone out there i think and, if and there if, is a if there is a wiser smarter life form out there it's very clear why they would be staying away from this planet. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. But but if they're listening to us, uh, tune in to us every Friday and Saturday. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, you could you could listen in and and um, you know, uh, hear us talk about movies and TV shows. I don't even know what you use to entertain yourselves in other galaxies, but hey, who are we to talk? No, no. Let, I, I used to entertain myself as a kid, by the way. I used to create these stories, and, and sci-fi played a big role in it with these characters. And, and Who are you kidding? You still create those stories. Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah, you do. Absolutely. So what do we got today for our first spotlight, Mr. Solo? We're going to be talking about a director I think we both really, really, really like. Uh, we're talking about Mr. James Cameron. Yeah, The one, the only, the godfather of the Terminator, of the Titanic, and Indeed. Avatar. Loving or hate him. Yeah, he's He he's is James Cameron. And he'll be back. And <laughs> yeah. to the future. Never mind. Sure. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, love him or hate him. Um, James Cameron is, is a fan. I mean, he's got a legacy. He's... Uh, He's always been at the forefront uh, uh, for technologies and 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 the yep. advancement of technologies in cinema. Um, totally. I mean, he was essentially the one that brought back the idea of three D films yep. uh, with with Avatar, um, a film that is much loved and much hated uh, at the same it was time. Very debated. A very debated uh, uh, film. I personally am on the pro Avatar. I loved the film. I've yep. seen it like six or seven times uh, I still enjoy it um, uh, and and now apparently in the second the 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 much awaited sequel which has taken almost like a decade uh, uh, to make I said almost oh yeah I think has well, it been a decade 2009 if I'm not mistaken so nine years yeah so by the time it'll be released probably more over the over yeah, a decade yeah so um, apparently now he's trying to use 3d technology and motion capture technology yeah. underwater. Yeah, he he always the tries man is to, crazy. Yeah. He always tries to defy expectations and yeah. go beyond, and, and do things that either haven't been done or or no one's even thought of before. I mean, think back to Terminator Two: Judgment wow, Day. Wow! Look at the effects that were used in that film, and then think of the release date. Just the amount of 
I mean, the liquid and the metal and, the, you know, that, I mean, that film. You could even almost forget the release date because... It still works. It's super current. It's, it's still very, super, super, super current. It's, it's as good as a lot of shows with, uh, not shows, a, lo a lot of shows and movies we've been seeing recently. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's still, I mean, it can compete against any one of those films. I, absolutely. Easily, just like that. Um, you know, I, I think he's also, not only has he done a lot of stuff as a director uh, to push the film industry forward, but he's also been at the helm of a lot of producing stuff. Yeah. Um, he's produced a lot of really good films, um, helped shape how they, uh, how they move. There's a new film coming out, uh, later, I, I believe it's later this year, uh, directed by Robert Rodriguez, yeah. but he is producing it, um, uh, Alita, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Alita Battle Angel, um, and that film, I mean, do you see the trailer? It looked really interesting. It looks insane. It looks very it nice. It looks super insane. And again, again, I think it's gonna be like a very fun movie. And I like the combination, by the way, of Rodriguez and Cameron. It's because... Very indie and very like yeah. big budget film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very, very it's interesting. It's complimentary, but very different at the same time. So I'm very curious to see what's gonna uh, happen. Um, you know, I think also Cameron... Um, the fact that he also writes a lot of his work is also something that's that's very interesting. Like the majority, like he wrote the script to Titanic. I believe it was him, or he has a writing credit. I'm not 100 yeah. sure if he wrote the whole thing, I think but he, I know Avatar. He fully wrote that, and yeah. he and and the amazing thing with um, the Avatar franchise, and this is something that you and I have discussed in the past. He's literally taking his time to release these movies to ensure that they are done the right way properly and and whether it be um from from a technological standpoint from a narrative standpoint from um i don't know an animation standpoint etc um the beauty of what james cameron is doing is as he's like well you know what fans love the first one they're going to appreciate the second one once it's released because of the quality of how good it's going to be, well, here's to hoping. But um, this is something that I have to respect with Cameron. He's never one to rush his work. If you think about it on a, at least directorial point of view, he hasn't done so many movies. He has, uh, I don't know how many direct, directors credit, but if you look uh, at the time span between one movie and another, it, it really, th th there is some time. And I think that's, uh, like you said, he takes his time and what he does, he wants to make good products, good exactly. movies, exactly. good stories. Uh, if I believe if a technology isn't where he wants it to be, he'll wait. He'll be uh, yeah, patient. Yeah, absolutely. He'll be patient and he will uh, work on those films. Yeah, I, I'm actually, because you brought that up, I'm actually looking for, to see like when was, I think the last, I really think the, the last, last film that he directed is it, Avatar. No, no, it is Avatar. Um, which, which is like a huge, I mean, if you think about it, that's a huge uh, a gap of time since he's actually uh, released anything that he's he's directed, um, uh, and then if you don't count his producing credit with um, with Alita, uh, he's also been working on the the miniseries um, uh, a story of science fiction. That is something that he has been working on. So I know he was a part of that as well, um, but I don't think that really counts. So, okay, so you've got Avatar. It was in '09. Was his last. Directorial, yeah. He 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 did something called Turuk, the first flight, which is a TV movie in 2016. He was a collaborating director. Yeah, and that has to do. I, I believe that has to do with the Avatar, yeah. the world of Avatar. Absolutely, and the rest is well. There's nothing on a director di yeah, directorial standpoint from there on. 
Yeah, interesting. It's very interesting. There, he's just, but yeah, and the majority of the stuff that he's worked on has 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 been um, very science fiction based. Definitely, definitely. Between the Terminator, between the uh, Abyss, between uh, so you've got Terminator, the Abyss, uh, Aliens, which he totally revamped that yeah. franchise, gave it a, a, a brand new life. Um, um, he was he, he directed Piranha Part Two. That was one of his first earlier works. That's insane. Uh, you've that was got, actually his first feature uh, film. Yeah. Um, you've got Titanic, which is not, and that's not You've uh, got True sci-fi. Lies, which True is a movie Lies. I really enjoy, by the way. It's a lot of fun. It's a really good, uh, it's, it's, a, a, it's actually a really good film. It's a good action film. And he's got, let's see, he's filming Avatar 2 and 3 at the moment. He's in pre-production for 4 and 5. I didn't even realize there was supposed to be 5 of them. Yeah. I thought there were going to be like 4. The, the next one is out in 2020, apparently. So that's in two years. Yeah, and then... And then you've got 2021, 2024, 2025. Okay, so there'll be... Two and three will come out a year apart, and then four and five will come out a year apart. Yeah, but let's see if he sticks to that timeline because he does have the tendency of, ch- of changing. Well, not only that, but you also now need to stick to Disney's Disney, timeline yeah. because now Disney... Own. Owns... Essentially, they own um, um, James Cameron. Um, but again, if you go back to the things that, that make him who he is, if you look back at his, his legacy in film, I think one of the films, uh, for sure that people constantly talk about when you talk about James Cameron, um, I think it's a tie between aliens and Titanic, uh, mostly, uh, Titanic mostly gets negative (laughs) comments because I know a lot of people dislike the film. I'm a big, uh, again, I'm an advocate for Titanic. Mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, sure, the love story might be a little cheesy, um, but overall the film is excellently made from the tension, from the way that the Titanic is shot. Again, think of the, these big gigantic set pieces, um, and think of the time Mm-hmm. When this was made, it's nuts. It's crazy. And then with Aliens, we were just talking about this earlier today. Um, you know, with Aliens, he kind of uh, uh, breathed new life into female heroines uh, in sci-fi. Yeah. Because of what he did with Ridley Scott, with um, Ripley, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver's character. Yeah. But he kind of did that, I think, also in the second Terminator with uh, Sarah Connor's character. For sure. He, he's very good at, I think, writing women. Um, making them these very, uh, as you said, it's not in your face, I'm a woman and I'm strong. Right, right, No, right. it's, she is strong and then she does that with her actions and... She's a strong character. Yeah. She is a, a human being that is very strong that Absolutely. just happens to be yeah. a female, that happens to be a woman. Completely. Um, which, which again is, and then if you think of Alita... This yep. is also another female character at the helm. She's also a protagonist of her own story who seems to be rather kick-ass. Even in Avatar, uh, Zoe Saldana's Zoe Saldana's character. character. Uh, ooh, I Na- Na- Naitiri? Na- Na- Naitiri, maybe? Something? Hang on. Really quickly? You can do it. I can do it. Uh, where is I know it? Jake Sully was... Uh, I mean, yeah, Jake's, uh, Jake Sully. Jake Sully. Sully. Jake Sully. Atari. No, that's uh, no it's, it's definitely not Atari. That would be kind of funny, though. But by the way, while you're searching, you know what I want to watch? I want to watch James... Nate Thierry, Ca- you're right. Nate Thierry, Nate Thierry. Yeah. yeah. I want to watch James Cameron's version of Aquaman. Do you, do you know this? I would love you James know? Cameron's because, version of because Aquaman. Because he was on the show Entourage, and he starred in the show. He's like in four oh, episodes. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. And he's supposedly directing uh, Aquaman. 
I would have liked to see uh, his version of Aquaman. I think one final trivia yeah. regarding James Cameron uh, before we go in our second musical break here. Um, um, so when Michael Crichton was yep. pitching Jurassic Park, um, uh, um, James Cameron actually read that pitch, got very excited over uh, Michael Crichton's storyline, yeah. calls up Michael Crichton and says, when are we making this into a movie? And Michael Crichton's answer was, you should have called 24 hours ago because Steven Spielberg already bought it. Wow. So could you imagine if we were living in a world where James Cameron actually took on Jurassic Park? And what's funny, this, is, this comes from the story of science fiction. He actually told Steven Spielberg, he, thought, he thinks that if it, he thinks the universe for allowing, for, for setting it up the way it did, you know, the way it ended up happening, which is uh, Steven Spielberg directing Jurassic yeah. Park. Because in, in Cameron's opinion, he thinks he would have done a very scary, gory, you know, a la Aliens version mm. of Jurassic Park, whereas... Steven Spielberg was like a 12-year-old, yeah. you know, in the world of Jurassic Park. So I just thought that was very interesting. You know what they should do when they give the same movie to do two directors in the script and they just do their versions and see what, what happens. At There's the actually time. a series called The Chair that actually did that. I think, yeah, you've told me. Yeah, about yeah, that, yeah. It's super cool. But imagine it with like two huge, like Spielberg and Cameron. I would, wa- I, would, I would binge watch that show yeah. if they did that. Yeah. Okay, so one of the biggest things for me... I think when it comes to this genre, I, I think the um, uh, the beauty of sci-fi is that sometimes you can you can take on topics or or, or um, issues or social commentary and do it in a way that's very indirect. Like you're you're pointing it out in a way that is thematic, that is metaphorical, that is symbolic, but you're not actually literally you know showing whatever it is that you want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know with um, with things like Star Wars, there's a lot of there's a lot of spirituality. They're talking about religions. They're talking about the corruption that religion could lead to, um, the corruption of the government. Um, you know, although the prequels are are not necessarily liked by, excuse me, by a lot of people. I'm a big fan of the prequels because of all the politics that is in them. Um, uh, Sure, a lot of of Star Wars fans love the originals because of the fact that they were fun, there were adventures, blah, blah. I actually like all the political stuff that happens in episodes uh, two and three because episode one doesn't have a lot of politics. It has it, but not as strongly as two and three, I think. Um, And then if you look at the animated series, The Clone Wars, literally, I mean... So much politics. Um, and I like it because they're dealing with things like in the Clone Wars animated series, they were dealing with things like terrorism. They're dealing with, um, you know, like, uh, you know, when the government listens in, they tap your your phones or whatever. They're dealing with all this stuff in a way that's not necessarily in your face because you're like, oh, well, this is fiction. So you know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does. It does. I'm a bit different than, than you when it comes to liking sci-fi. Okay. I, I, I get your point and, and I do agree with it. But reasons I fell in love with sci-fi and why I love sci-fi, it, it has this element that allows you to dream. Yes, yes, for sure. So, so these new worlds you see, these new mm-hmm. cultures, these new people, the, 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 the notion of time travel, because sci-fi is it's not just space and... Yeah, it's, it's anything technology, exactly. anything technology-based. So, so, so films like Back to the Future or Star Wars or Star Trek, they were fun. And th- this is the part I, I love about uh, the spectacle. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, again, the, the discovering places 
you would fancy, you would want to go, you would want to try uh, a weekend on Endor. Uh, yes. <laughs> Uh, I remember one of my favorite experiences as a kid was in uh, Disneyland. You're a Disney, actually. Mm-hmm. And it was going to Star Tours. Ugh, such a fun ride. And I felt I was in Star Wars and we're attacking the Death Star. It, it, it was like a dream, kind of kid dream come true. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've updated it now. So now you get like all, all the new, you know, you get all the new uh, planets yeah. and you see Finn and you see Ray. So it's like it's uh, updated yeah. while seeing all the other stuff I, as well. I, I was in France a couple of years ago and I wanted to go into Star Tours and it was under reconstruction because they were um, yeah. like, uh, doing these changes. So, yes, yeah, uh, it's always been fun for me. Sci-fi has always been uh, like Independence Day. Uh, so, sometimes these movies can just be silly Fun where you blow yeah. stuff Mars up, attacks. Mars attacks is, is to me is kind of underrated. It's, it's a, a lot. It's of a fun. brilliant movie. It's a lot of it's fun. It's so brilliant. At uh, Tim Burton. Yeah. Super. At, at his best. Super for me. A lot of people don't like this film, by the way. I love it. I, I think it's great. I highly enjoy it. I think it's great. It's so weird, so, yeah. but so much fun. See, and I totally agree with you about the the um, the adventure and the hope hopefulness yeah. of sci-fi. I think one of the biggest reasons why I started backing away from fantasy because I'm also a big fantasy fan, so I like Lord of the Rings and, yeah. and all that stuff, is because fantasy has now gotten to the point where it's just too dark. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of fantasy is now following the trend of Game of Thrones. Yeah, so it's becoming a, a very dark, very gruesome, very unforgiving. Whereas sci-fi, even with the difficulties, it's still about hope. It's still about the future. It's about, um, you know, uh, even though they are kind of futuristic, it's still about finding an even better future. Um, So I kind of, I really do enjoy that when it comes to sci-fi. And I I love, again, that it is, it is so... um, Adaptable to to many mediums, to animation, to cinema, to serialized contents, to novels, to comic books. I mean, it, it it's endless. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an endless possibility. Even, even video games. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, there's a whole massive world of, of gaming with, with sci-fi, with, with things that might have not been explored yet uh, on cinema. There, mm-hmm. there was a game called... Uh, not Warcraft, Starcraft, which was like oh, one, yeah, yeah, yeah. But on plan. So, 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 yeah, the whole. It's a really sci-fi, old game. Yeah, it is. I, to, <laughs> I think it's probably ninety eight. I think it's like during the time of like uh, Red Alert and all that. Yeah, like that that trend. Of, the whole networking. Kind yeah, of, network uh, networking and and all that good stuff. Yeah, but to me, I think sci-fi is one of my favorite genres because. Oh, me too. Because it's, it, it takes you away from the everyday crap you have to deal with. And yet it's for, not dumb. Yeah. It, it doesn't yeah. dumb you down, uh, um, but it is an escape. What bothers me is that a lot of people don't look at sci-fi that way. They say the stupid It's space. fake. It's and whatever. Yeah. They don't look at the messages, uh, as you were saying mm-hmm. earlier. They don't look at uh, Star Wars. Uh, uh, Star Wars is an excellent example because with the whole, the whole force and the balance between good and, and evil, evil, right and wrong, uh, these are very thematic and very interesting topics, uh, everyday topics. I mean, if and, you, if you just, um, if, if you literally, if you, if you just take on... Um, 
if you take on Yoda's teachings on their own, yes. you could literally write a brand new manual for life. You know, you must let go of the things you are afraid to lose the most. Do not um, do or do not do or no do try. not. There is no try. I mean, it's it's crazy yeah. um, how uh, much you can learn from. You know, films like Star Wars, um, Battlestar Galactica dealt with, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, the the effects of war on uh, on, uh, you know, a surviving human race. Uh, you know, what happens when technology kind of backfires and it's almost terminatory. And then yeah. you can look and again, like this is kind of we go into the subgenres of sci-fi. You've got sci-fi horror. You've got yeah. sci-fi um, um, fantasy like Star Wars. It counts as sci-fi fantasy because of the, the force and yeah. all that stuff. You've got sci-fi action. You've got sci-fi comedy with a film like Paul. Have you seen Paul? Paul was very funny. Yeah, Paul is great. Yeah. I love Paul. You've got sci-fi adventure. So you've got like the ETs, the Back to the Futures. Um, and this is again This goes back to how brilliant sci-fi I'm still waiting for the sci-fi musical Have they done a sci-fi? No Star Wars They've done, Star, uh, they've done a sci-fi western With Cowboys versus aliens yeah. Yeah. No. And then yeah. actually a lot of people, a lot of uh, uh, film theorists and academics actually argue that Star Wars at its core yes. is a sci-fi it's a, Western. It's a spaghetti Western. Yeah, it's a spaghetti Western in space is, yeah. is what they call it, which I, I mean, you know, you think of Solo mm -hmm. and, you know, the who shot first and uh, all that stuff. It's, it's very, it's very sci-fi-y. Sci-fi-ish. Sci-fi-ish. Yes. Um, so what's, what's one of your favorite sci-fi films? There's, Aside from Star Wars, Star Wars, obviously Star Wars, Star Trek. Uh, I I really enjoyed the first Independence Day. That was a very interesting and mm -hmm. fun movie. I think it's one of Will Smith's best performances. Uh, Back to the Future. Okay. The whole trilogy, even though the third one is a bit weaker than the others, but still, and I like how there are cowboys in that. And finally, yeah. uh, I think you'll you'll agree with this: uh, Stargate. The series. The movie. With uh, James Spader. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Good one. That by also directed by Roland uh, Emmerich. Yes. Who did Independence Day? And yes. It, it was a very. And then Roland Emmerich just went downhill from there. Yeah, he. he <laughs> but but that was a very good film because it it was it kind of like they were exploring Egyptian kind of yeah yeah historical yeah. alien culture and yeah. I was a lot of fun. I used to really enjoy watching that movie on Saturday afternoons. Put it on DVD. Watch it. Kurt Russell was in it. Yes, Kurt yeah. Russell was in it. It was it was a fun movie. You I agree? How about you? Um, well, okay. So um, as far as as far as sci-fi films go, I think um, uh, it's 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 specifically aside from aside from uh, Star Wars. Um, as far as uh, sci-fi films go, um, I love I love the alien the alien uh, films. Okay, um, that's slightly sci-fi horror. Um, I think it counts as sci-fi horror, yeah. right? Um, I, I really, really, really like. Um, shoot, I forgot it. I forgot the name. Uh, I'm who's, blanking. Who's in it? What's it about? Tell me. I'll help you. I'm totally blanking. Um, I like. 
Ugh, whatever. Okay, so um, Battlestar Galactica, The Expanse, those are TV shows, uh, sci-fi TV shows. I, I do like, see, and this is the thing, I think I, I uh, this goes back to me liking a lot of serialized content as a whole, so like, I never read standalone books. Mm-hmm. I love books that have two or three uh, volumes. Uh, you know, I love franchises, so Star Wars, Star Trek, um, the Alien series, the trilogy, uh, and then when it comes to the serialized content, The Expanse and Battlestar Galactica are probably... Two of my most favorite um, uh, sci-fi shows. Mm. I just started getting into the Star Trek TV series. Okay. So uh, I saw the new one, Discovery. But now that um, you know that Sir Patrick Stewart is coming back as yes. Jean-Luc Picard, um, I am a little curious to go back and kind of try to see if I can find and watch uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, like a younger Picard. Like a younger Picard. Mm. Because apparently I believe they're doing the Luke Skywalker treatment to Picard. Mm. The Last Jedi Luke yeah. Skywalker treatment. Because he said it in his thing. He's like, this isn't the Picard of, of you old, know, yeah. you know. Like, this is a Picard that's seen a lot of things and 20 years later. So I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, so you're Luke Skywalkering this this uh, this Picard. Yeah. Um, so that's also very interesting. We're going to take um, our second musical break uh, right now. Uh, we have one more segment to go. Third musical. Third musical break. I've lost count. Can we go back in time so I can fix that? Let's take the DeLorean <laughs> and go. Okie dokie. I'll meet you in the parking lot. So we are now in the final segment of our Spotlight episode today. Um, unforgettable scenes of sci-fi movies. So many. So, so, so many. This is so. This was so hard. This was, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is why I figured we would give ourselves a little bit of time yeah. because, let's face it, we love sci-fi movies. So we've got around the next 20 minutes to uh, talk about them. Dig deep. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see if we have, like, uh, common ones. Sure. Sure. So who, who goes first? You go first. Okay. I'm going to cheat. All right. Because the first one isn't exactly a scene. Okay. It's more a segment. It's okay. the last segment from Back to the Future. Okay. Pro- probably the last 20, 25 minutes from the moment where they go to the high school dance uh-huh. to when Marty comes back. Comes back. Okay. Everything is within this segment. Uh, you have a very funny scene with uh, Marty McFly and his mother. In the car, mm-hmm. uh, you have a very funny scene when Biff comes and George defends right, uh, right, Marty's right. mother. Uh, you have the whole dance scene and the Johnny B. Good scene where uh, Marty McFly plays on the guitar and is just one of the most memorable uh, and musical parts. Yeah, and his hand starts to fade because his parents need to kiss. For you have to watch this movie to understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but yeah, so you have that part. And then you have the whole part in the end where he's trying to tell the doc that he's going to die in the future. He gives him the letter and the doc doesn't want the letter. Mm -hmm. And they need to get that lightning bolt on the big clock tower to hit at exactly, I think, 10.01 or Uh 10.02. And then there's the plugs which don't go in and then it's so stressful. So it's so well crafted. It's very, it's very intense, mm-hmm. and you just want to know, is the kid going to go back to 1985? Yeah, so you've got, you've got so music, you've got fun, like, you've got adventure, you've got serious suspense. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It's arguably, uh, I've heard many, many, many uh, uh, screenwriters actually say that Back to the Future is actually one of the most concrete screenplays ever yeah. written. 
um, because of how well the arc is set up and, and, and everything along those lines. So, yeah, so definitely that th- those last 20 minutes are just epic for me and, and, and Back to the Future. And it, every time I watch it, I'm still stressed. I, uh, Christopher Lloyd is just amazing. He's so good. Doc. He's so good. And McFly and, and Michael J. Fox. Also, what a killer performance. Yeah. But Christopher I, Lloyd. Yeah. Chris, oh, 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 no, no. Marty, great Scots. <laughs> so I'm going to cheat also because I also have a final sequence yeah. that I'm a big fan of. Um, and it has to be uh, E.T. Okay. I okay. think from the bike chase on. Um, Traumatic memories uh, from the ba- from the ba- uh, you know bike chase all the way toward the end with ET saying I'll be right here and the swelling of John Williams's music and it, this is sci-fi man this is sci-fi 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 this is a tear j- you're crying because an alien is leaving when has that ever happened in a in a, in a sci-fi movie um, I'll tell you in one of my other uh, mm-hmm. favorite scenes. Um, um, because there is another sci-fi movie that's that's made me cry, and that's not counting uh, the many times I've teared up in Star Wars. Um, but I think this final sequence in E.T. is... is it's exactly what we were talking about. It's heart, it's, it's adventure, it's hope, um, it's, uh, you know, doing what, what Yoda is telling us to do, learning to let go of the things that we love the most, um, and, and knowing that they will always be right here. Uh, it, it's, it's so layered. It's so epically beautiful. And I cry every single time. Okay. You need a tissue? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. No, but, but definitely, yeah, it's, it is a very emotional scene. As, as, as we talked about, I think last week or the one before, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's a movie that kind of traumatized me. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but I do remember the scene, the, the, the beauty of it, uh, when, uh, uh, he, they hug each other in the end. Oh, so good. Beautiful scene. Just so good. So the, so the, my next scene is a bit more intense. Okay. And it's the scene in Independence Day when they blow up the White House. Oh, no. Because, because, seriously, this specific shot, mm-hmm. I think when you watch the movie with the helicopter running away, flying away, and slightly tilting, and then that blue beam coming on the White House and it exploding... Very good use of actual practical effects, mm-hmm. non-CGI. Because it's a, it's a miniature set. It's a miniature set. Very well done. And that scene, you're like, it's over, man. The, the, the aliens have won. They're, they've destroyed, they're destroying Gee, everything. We're done, though. We're finito. Like, and Did you know the studio actually didn't want that scene in the film? Because it's the White House. It's the White House. Yeah. They did not want, <laughs> lo and behold, years later, Olympus has fallen, you know? <laughs> the whole White House. White House down, you yeah. know? Like, um, but uh, uh, they did not want that wow. scene in the film. And, and the director, I think it's, uh, Ra- it's, it's Emmerich, too. he argued incessantly mm-hmm. for that scene to be in there and did it anyway. Yeah. Um, they weren't okay with it, but he did it anyway, and it's in the movie, and it's probably one of the most spoken about scenes is, in cinema it's, history. It's very memorable. It's, yeah. You cannot forget that specific scene. The whole movie is a lot of fun. Um, James Cameron is actually interviewing Roland Emmerich about yeah. this, and he said that he remembers uh, in, in the story of science fiction, they actually brought up that scene. Um, he said he remembers being in the movie theater, and then some guy in, in the seats in front of him going, "We're dead, we're dead." Yeah. You know, like you know, like, and it's it's such a daunting shot. It's such a you know, like that's it. You know, the government has fallen, yeah. literally. Um, yeah, that's that's a pretty epic scene in a sci-fi film. Yeah. I think. 
Um, the second scene I want to talk about on my end um, is is uh, has to be um, for me. It has to be um, uh, seeing Pandora for the first time in in Avatar. Yeah, I think the moment you you see it that first time. You're literally feeling the same thing these characters are feeling when they see it the first time. When you see those those creatures, um, the the natural ambience, the atmosphere, the ecosystem, all of it. It's crazy um, how realistic it all felt, how beautiful it all looked. Um, and again, it goes back to that awe-inspiring kind of imagination-filled Places you've always wanted to be, yeah. um, you know, when you see the the floating mountains, yeah. and it's just it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous to look at, and um, I think that for me is something that's completely unforgettable. Because mm-hmm. the moment you say Pandora now, you're no longer thinking of that old uh, music app. You're thinking of the planet. Oh, I'm thinking of the box, but yeah. Oh, Pandora's box. Okay, yeah. that's very morbid. <laughs> <laughs> no, but definitely, yeah. The greenery and the, the waterfalls from the f- mountains, which are yeah, yeah, floating. Yeah. That, that's just beautiful, and and the whole wildlife you get yes, to see exactly, the animals. Exactly, exactly. And again, creating something yeah. from scratch, not from an existing property, is is always, I think, ten times more impressive. I think it echoes the same thing you felt. In Jurassic Park, when the first see, time you yeah. see the brachiosaur, it's that same awe-filled moment. Yeah. You're just like, "Whoa, this is real!" You know, like yeah. it's this awesome, awesome feeling. Uh, sometimes you get goosebumps just thinking about it. So uh, that's my second scene. All right, my third scene is probably the most cliche scene. All right, but it's got to be Darth Vader, Luke. The I am your father scene. Yeah. I mean, we, okay. cannot, we cannot do this segment and not talk about this yeah, scene. Yeah, you can't. You can't. That's very true. Because A, it's one of the biggest plot twists in movie history. Yeah. Uh, B, it's done in such a way where, where Luke is at his weakest. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's also almost done dead. Mm-hmm. I think by that point, his hand was chopped off. Yes. So, yep. And those... He told me enough. And then, yeah, he's like, yeah, he told me, uh, Kenobi told me you, you killed my father. He and, told me you killed him. And then he's no. like, no, I am your father. I am it's your not, it's father. Not, no, it's Luke, I am your father. No, no. No, it's, no, it's no, no, I am, I your, am your father. Luke, I am your yes, father is not actually yeah, it. Absolutely. You told me that. We talked about that. Yes, yeah. we did. <laughs> and and, and that, that moment where Luke doesn't believe him, is like, no, no, no. And, ah! and he screams, yeah, Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. An applause goes out to big, you, my big friend. applause. For for taking a scene that could have been extremely cheesy and making it the most gut-wrenching, heartbreaking moment in cinema history. By the way, I heard, I'm not sure if this is true or not, while filming the scene, uh, the actor playing uh, Darth Vader, David Price, Mm -hmm. yep, uh, doesn't say... No, he doesn't. That was not what was in the script. The only person, the only person that knew, aside from George Lucas, was Mark Hamill. Yeah. Because because they showed him the line the day of, and they said, you need to react as if he's saying this. That, exactly. No one had a clue. No one had a clue. And then the movie came out and blew everyone away. Yeah, yeah. I believe that that, I believe that Mark Hamill knew, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that they told Mark Hamill the day that they were shooting, and then they just kind of went for it. Uh, which is, which is, all. okay. So my, uh, my third scene, um, is actually also in the Star Wars, uh, uh, universe. 
Um, but it's not the Luke, I am your father scene okay. or the, no, I am your father scene. Um, it would have to be the Anakin versus Obi-Wan fight sequence. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because it's just so grandiose. It's so grandiose. It's so operatic. It's so gorgeously choreographed. It's like the, th- this is it. This was like the climax of Revenge of the Sith. Mm. It was the moment we have, we had been waiting for since the I am your father sequence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, uh, it's so dark. It's, it's heartbreaking. And at the same time, you're angry that this is happening because you don't want this to happen because you, you've basically realized at this point that Anakin was just manipulated into becoming Darth Vader. Like this wasn't necessarily his smart choice. Like it wasn't, he was manipulated. He was lied to, he was led into, he was tempted by the dark side. Um, of the force. It's weird. I can't just say the dark side. I have to say the dark the side force. of the force. Um, and it's so, you know, and it ends with, with one of you and McGregor. And then also, I know not a lot of people are fans of Hayden Christensen, but that final, I hate you at the end as he's being burnt alive. It's some good drama right there um, between him and, and, and Ewan McGregor. Um, I'm actually not as critical about Hayden in Revenge of the Sith as I am of Hayden in Clones. Uh, Attack of the Clones. I thought Hayden in Revenge of the Sith actually really became Anakin somehow. Um, he didn't have as many doo-doo lines as he did in, in Attack of the Clones. Um, but then also, and I've said this kind of before, the Clone Wars animated series really redeems mm. the prequels um, because you get to see a lot of the stuff that we weren't able to see in the movies, which is how bad the war got, how many planet, planetary systems actually collapsed because of what was happening. We didn't get the chance to see that in three films, unfortunately, um, but you do get to see it in, in the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that scene in and of itself is, it's just so, it's so epic. Yep. I don't know why for me, Christensen, a lot of people say that, but I agree with them. feels like a spoiled little brat shouting all the time. I don't, I, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe some of the lines didn't help him. Yes, I would, I would have to say that, yes, some of the lines uh, um, didn't help. Um, but you also have to understand that these films came out in the 2000s, so you had angsty teens everywhere. <laughs> so you also have to consider that, that Christensen was robbed from his mom. Uh, I mean, not Christensen, yeah, but Anakin. Like Anakin was robbed away. Not robbed away, but like he moved away from his mom. Um, he was having to deal with a um, already flawed system, which was the 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 Jedi Order. They were already kind of starting to mm-hmm. to fall apart, so he was very confused. And that's why I said I like him more in Revenge of the Sith mm. than I do in uh, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones, he was very angsty. Mm. The scene where he, you know, he's talking about how he killed all the sand yeah. people is, just, is so terrible. Um, and then the, you know, the I I don't like sand line. That's also <laughs> that's worse. Uh, I don't like sand. It's rough and coarse and gets everywhere it's terrible like who says that um and then again it's a big improvement over you know uh chlorians what are midichlorians yeah. um and then it got even better for revenge of the sith so yay progress it's, yeah, it is, <laughs> yeah. If, you, if you want to talk about progress 
Yeah, I mean. But again, uh, you know, when you watch the Clone Wars, it it really does redeem Anakin's character. Yeah. Um, and the voice actor Matt Lanter, he's done a lot of uh, a lot. He's a known actor. I don't know if you've heard of the show Timeless. It's a sci-fi show about time travel. Yes, yes, He's yes, the lead yes. actor in I've that. Yeah, He's yeah, the yeah, young yeah. lead actor in that. He oh, okay. plays Anakin Skywalker in uh, the, Clone, the Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Okay. Yeah, which is coming back for a final season. Yeah. Yay. Um, do you have any more uh, scenes? I, I have one more scene. Okay. Uh, I have the scene where in Terminator 2, when John Connor is with the Terminator, uh-huh. and they start to joke around with yes. the Hasta La Vista baby, and... For the first time in the Terminator like uh, he's, series, he's, he's humanized. humanized. Yeah, 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 big time. And it's a very nice touch to like making you get attached to this character. Uh-huh. And it it amplifies in the end when the Terminator goes down in the lava and just does the thumbs up. The and thumbs up, down. yes. It just makes so much more. And I, actually, this is a, a scene where I, you know, have a few tears. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so. for sure. For sure. Um, uh, so I mean, I think that's that's basically it for for this week's episode. Um, did we did we decide that we were going to do the recommendations now, or are we doing the recommendations for? Um, are we keeping that in the news hour? No, that's news hour. Are we are we keeping that in the news hour? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool beans. Cool, 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 cool. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So really quick, I'm going to say, uh, because I was going to put that in my recommendation, and then, okay. So um, one of, uh, a final scene for me, um, I'm just going to say the movie, because I really like the movie. I, I think it's a little underappreciated, but I really like it, is uh, Super 8. Yes. I think Super 8 is the E.T. for the newer generation. Yes, yes. And it has that beautiful final moment as well of letting go, but this time it's With, not. Uh, yeah. Right, it's not the alien, it's the necklace floating yes. away to the aliens. And that scene kills me every mu- single time. And the time. music in the background. The music is so good. Yeah. Michael Giacchino. Yeah. Uh, amazing. So um, this is it for uh, this episode of Script to Scream. Script to Scream. Script to Scream. Oh, that's uh, going to be the, the, the horror genre, Script Scream. Yeah, Script to Scream. Yes. Script to Scream is Spotlight. I hope you enjoyed it on this fantastic Friday afternoon. Um, You can catch us again tomorrow at 3 p.m. for a brand new episode of the Script to Screen News Hour. Um, It's so exciting. Yeah. We come on twice a week. I still can't get over it. Uh, Eventually, I will, and I'll stop talking about it, and I'll stop boring you guys with my excitement over the (laughs) twice a week thing. Um, but if you want to follow us on social media, you can do so uh, on our Instagram. Uh, you can follow me at Alan Mahana Official, and you can follow my co-captain at... I'm going to correct you. It's not Alan Mahana Official. It's Alan oh Mahana. Oh, my goodness. It's Alan Mahana. I took away the official. Yes. Hi. He is Alan Mahana, and I am... Had dot solo. Yes. Yeah, we did a flippity flippity. <laughs> exactly. A flippity flippity. You can catch us again next Friday, same time, 3 p.m., same place, Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. If you want to uh, listen to our show via streaming, you could do so at Take It Away, Had dot solo. So what? We're talking about our streaming services. <laughs> you can listen to us on Anrami. 
Yep. And you can listen to us on Apple Podcast and any other podcast. Any other podcast script. friendly app. Script number two, screen. Yes, indeed. So that's Apple Podcasts, Player FM, Stitcher Radio, Overcast Podcasts, whichever. Uh, you can find us. All you have to do is look up, like, what, like uh, Had Solo said, you look up script to the number two screen. Any final, uh, final, final, final notes? They can also check our website. Oh, that's right. The you, can website. Check out, you can check out our awesome <laughs> website at www.script to screenpod.com and also follow us on our Facebook page at script to screen pod as well. A lot of following and uh, social media. Yes, yes, class. a lot of uh, a lot of social media. Uh, again, you guys, you can email us with your feedback at script to screen show at gmail.com. Message us on our Facebook page, on our Instagram, um, at soon to, to be Snapchat. We're working on our Snapchat uh, uh, as well. Um, although it's it's a lot of social media that we're juggling, but we're doing our best. Yay! Yuppie. Yeah. <laughs> Yuppie. Yuppie. Yuppie K.A. Yuppie K.A. Yuppie K.A. Mother Toots. Mother Toots. Mother Toots. And speaking of Mother Toots, we are going to be out of here. Make sure you uh, go watch some movies. Uh, go watch some TV shows. Enjoy dreaming in sci-fi land. Or other sorts of Or lands. other lands. Uh, uh, action land, horror land. Comedy land. Comedy land. Musical comedy land. <laughs> There's also a network called TV land. Ooh. It's an actual channel. Nice. It's called TV land. It plays all the old sitcoms. Ooh, that, I, could, I, could, I could watch that. Yep, yep. I could do that too. Okay, we are out of here. Thank you and cue the credits. Hi, I'm Alan. And I am Hat Solo. And together we can rule the galaxy. <laughs> uh, that might take too much time. Let's talk about films and TV instead. That makes sense. Join us at 3 p.m. every Friday for Script to Screen Spotlight and Saturday for the Script to Screen News Hour. We'll be discussing all the latest news from the film and TV industry. And we'll also enchant you with some of the greatest songs and soundtracks out there. Script to Screen, only on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM, made to be heard.